Deeper Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church, in a year. Today is day number 308, and we begin with number 2371. Let all be convinced that human life and the duty of transmitting it are not limited by the horizons of this life only. Their true salvation and full significance can be understood only in reference to man's eternal destiny. The state has a responsibility for its citizens' well-being. In this capacity, it is legitimate for it to intervene to orient the demography of the population. This can be done by means of objective and respectful information, but certainly not by authoritarian, coercive measures. The state may not legitimately usurp the initiative of spouses, who have the primary responsibility for the procreation and education of their children. In this area, it is not authorized to employ means contrary to the moral law. Sacred, script, sacred Scripture and the Church's traditional practices see in large families a sign of God's blessing and the parents' generosity. Couples who discover that they are sterile suffer greatly. What will you give me, ask Abraham of God, for I continue childless. And Rachel cry, cries to her husband Jacob, Give me children, or I shall die. Research aimed at reducing human sterility is to be encouraged on condition that it is placed at the service of the human person, of his inalienable rights, and his true and integral good, good according to the design and will of God. Techniques that entail the dis disassociation of husband and wife by the intrusion of a person other than the couple, donation of sperm or ovum, surrogate uterus, are gravely immoral. These techniques, heterologous artificial insemination and fertilization, infringe the child's right to be born of a father and mother known to him and bound to each other by marriage. They betray the spouse's right to become a father and a mother only through each other. Techniques involving only the married couple, homologous artificial insemination and fertilization, are perhaps less reprehensible, yet remain morally unacceptable. They disassociate the sexual act from the procreative act. The act which brings the child into ex existence is no longer an act by which two persons give themselves to one another, but one that entrusts the life and identity of the embryo into the power of doctors and biologists and establishes the domination of technology over the origin and destiny of the human person. Such a relationship of domination is in itself contrary to the dignity and equality that must be common to parents and children. Under the moral aspect, procreation is deprived of its proper perfection when it is not willed as the fruit of the conjugal act, that is to say, of the specific act of the spouse's union. Only respect for the link between the meanings of the conjugal act and respect for the unity of the human being make possible procreation in conformity with the dignity of the person. A child is not something owed to one, but is a gift. The supreme gift of marriage is a human person. A child may not be considered a piece of property, an idea to which an alleged right to a child would lead. In this area, only the child possesses genuine rights, the right to be the fruit of the specific act of the conjugal love of his parents, and the right to be respected as a person from the moment of his conception. The gospel shows that physical sterility is not an absolute evil. Spouses who suffer from infertility, after exhausting legitimate medical procedures, should unite themselves with the Lord's cross, the source of all spiritual fecundity. 
They can give expression to their generosity by adopting abandoned children or performing demanding services for others. Father Jack. Thanks, Bill. You know, as we kind of um, move through this section on on uh, kind of the proper understanding of of sexuality within marriage, we kind of see a, a few different um, a few different things kind of being drawn out, but all kind of from that same source, which is uh, is kind of the remembrance that uh, that a child is itself is the gift, right? And and that because we we recognize the greatness of what is uh, happening in the sexual act. We're very attentive to um, to how it how it works and how, and how it is used and and the proper place of sexuality within uh, within marriage and and between two persons. And so um, so as we look to to these kind of maybe sometimes difficult to understand teachings, uh, we look at it from from that angle, from that in that light. Um, that the child is a gift and not a right or a demand, right? And that's so often how we kind of approach th- things, both in the spiritual life and in, uh, in, in, in the faith in general, is that I deserve this from God, right? And, uh, uh, you know, uh, God didn't do what I wanted him to do, and therefore, you know, something. You know, we, we then come to, you know, well, God, you know, took my, took my whatever, my, my father when he was 90 years old. Real, real things that come up. Um, and therefore I'm mad at him. And it's like, well, wait a second. Are you, are you God who determines when the beginning and end of life is, or is God God? Um, so with that kind of understanding that all human life is a gift, no matter how long it is or short it is, no matter the quality of life in terms of worldly uh, understanding, right? The child being born in poverty or in a third world uh, country is, still has the gift of life, even if it isn't of the same quality that we have. And if we have... Uh, and here's the, the trick of that is that if we acknowledge the fact that we have a better life than others, we have a duty on our part to help them uh, through whatever means we can. Um, so when we look to this teaching on how to understand sexuality and how to understand childbirth, uh, we look to a couple of different means, scientific means that have come up over the last decade, couple decades, um, and the morality. And the one is... Uh, this heterologous uh, insemination, um, which which basically means adding another person into the sexual act completely. Um, so donation of sperm or ovum or or surrogate pregnancy, all of that removes the from the right of the child to be born naturally. Um, and and notice how the catechism describes it is that it is always gravely immoral. Um, but then we have on a lesser degree, but still problematic, the idea of IVF, right, basically. So um, the use of a third person to assist the childbirth, uh, or the conception, I should say, um, that that is itself problematic, but not as bad. And this is something that I think we um, don't always understand, is that not every sin is of the same quality. We kind of know in sometimes, but we forget it when it comes to these moments, that that we should look to the fact that there is something still good in the fact that a father, uh, that it is a married couple, husband and wife, have come together for the sake of procre- for procreating um, and raising the child in, in the proper context. But at the other end of that is that um, we still need to maintain the dignity of the act, um, still need to see the, uh, 
that a child is a gift and not a right or a demand we can make of God, and yet still recognize that to not be able to is none, nonetheless offers us a new pathway to come closer to God by the cross of infertility. That that uh, that it is real. Uh, it is a real cross. It is a real struggle. But it is also something that we um, need to. To, to recognize as still fruitful in its own ways. A, a real spiritual fecundity of drawing closer to God, our ultimate end, and not to settle for even a great natural gift of this world um, by, by rejecting what God has been calling us to.